there's this mix between choosing and allowing, but a lot of it is like responding to the rhythm. So being in yeah. tune with that and choosing from an empowered place from there. Welcome to In Full Color. My name's Amy. I'm an author, artist of all kinds, earth kisser, nonlinear thinker, and absolutely enchanted by the creative journey. On this show, we explore how to bring your visions to life with joy, ease, and impact. Hi, y'all. We are reporting to you live from the poolside <laughs> at uh, the villa in Todos Santos, where our retreat is going to be hosted. I'm here with my co-host, Megan Swinford. Say hi to the people. Hola. <laughs> We've been spending the week First of all, just enjoying the house. It's a, such an oasis here, but also just exploring all the different stops and experiences that are going to be on our retreat. So we've been definitely bathing in that energy. And we were just sitting here by the pool thinking about archetypes and chatting about the Zodiac. And we just wanted to share this conversation with y'all. Our retreat will be November 2nd through 6th here in Todos Santos. And you can find all of the details at retreat.amyinfullcolor.com. I will leave that in the show notes for you, but be sure to check that out and you can see a photo of the house. You can read more about the itinerary and all of the good details there. And there's also uh, plenty of opportunities there to claim your spot or to book a little conversation with uh, me or Megan about the retreat with any questions that you have. So jumping into the conversation, a little bit of a disclaimer with the Zodiac, um, kind of how we got started talking about this was, I feel like a lot of people over identify with their sun sign or just kind of like feeling stuck in those identities. And a big part of our philosophy in this Embrace a New Archetype retreat that we'll be facilitating is that our identity is something that is so fluid and something to be played with. And we have access to all of them. So we can think about the different archetypes of zodiac signs through that lens of, yeah, you may be a Taurus sun with an Aquarius moon and a Pisces rising, um, but you have the capacity to embody any of the qualities of any of those zodiac signs. So we will just run through the different elements and see what kind of inspiration comes through. Yeah, and one of the reasons why we're using those elements is because they're so universal, and I think that's what helps in a way soothe that attachment style to our sun sign or to what we use in pop culture as our zodiac signs. They can easily run off into the horizon of who we are and when we're connecting with those elements that are you know so universal so timeless and so present in our lives i think that's a way to feel more grounded and more embodied while also recognizing that we are all these things mm -hmm. we in in some way shape or form relate to them at any given time and me personally being a fire sign, um, you know, I can see where that, that energy comes out. And I can also see the need for the ocean and for the rain and for 
earth and for the wind Mm -hmm. you know we're all always creating this ecosystem of our lives yes i was just thinking the word ecosystem (laughs) (laughs) our inner ecosystem yeah and our relational ecosystem you know like it's really vital to learn that language of relating and you know i think this could really help with a new vision yeah so as you listen to these different takes on the various uh, elements and signs I invite you to just think of them all as masks or costumes that you have the opportunity to slip on as you please and like little tools to keep in your pocket of maybe I need a little bit of that Leo sparkliness when I go in front of a crowd and give a talk or lead an event and then I might need some more of that like Scorpio um, daredevilishness <laughs> if I'm if I'm going out on some adventure or something like that like these are all um, there are benefits and shadows to all of them that that we all have access to so let's start off with fire let's go yeah. um, so we mentioned earlier in the conversation that sparked this around Aries is like to me a lightning bolt as an Aries sun, um, I can see the like initiator, mm-hmm. right? From the abyss of darkness, right? Aries is technically the first sign. And it is that ignite, that light, that across a dark sky, a bold, fresh start of energy that just surges through and charges forward. Um, you know, sometimes creating destruction, right? It can depending on what it lands in, it can literally create fire. Um, But it also is a reminder that from nothing, something can start. And it's that bold beginning and that creation energy that I think is really powerful in an Aries dynamic. Um, This can come up in our day-to-day lives when you need that that kind of rocket launch energy and for some totally. of this this might come up literally getting out of bed of like having to like launch yourself in certain moments whereas a slow rise might be more appropriate in others but even in our creative projects like getting that bolt of inspiration and riding the momentum to take those first few steps is where this comes in it's usually a really exciting energy yeah i mean you know Speaking from experience, <laughs> as an exciting as, Aries myself, <laughs> as a highly energized Aries, um, which I actually don't really, I mean, I know that I am, but I don't always show up with all that fire. I do, though, see in my life where I have consistently had jolts of energy mm. and that igniter um, starting energy that has led me to a lot of really cool experiences and adventures and jobs and um, something that could be really cool here to work with is what jolts you Mm. you know what ignites your excitement Mm -hmm. in a dark sky what lights your fire exactly aries is like an espresso shot (laughs) word amen yeah Um, um and then looking at the next fire sign sag Technically, Leo would be. Oh, you're right. You're right. Leo. Yeah. Um, Leo to me is like volcano vibes. Like it's going to put on a show. It's going to evolve. It might bubble. It might spew. It might have a waterfall. 
and it might have all those things throughout its own experience of eruption. Mm. And I think one thing that I love about Leo energy is it's like capturing energy. Mm. It really unites. It's very performative in the sense of, you know, bringing people together, being the life of the party and embodying that energy of excitement. And Mm -hmm. I think the volcano feeling of just being so, you know, at the center and then there's so much going on underneath Mm -hmm. and like pulling it out in like levels and layers and just taking over and um, leaving a lasting experience. Yeah. I was just telling Megan the other day that I've seen an active volcano and it is one of the most inspiring things and I think that Leo can really have that energy um, that 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 expression of fire is super special we love the razzle dazzle yeah and you know something that I really admire in the Leo energy is that confidence to let it out yeah um, there's just this ownership of it that I really really adore and feel inspired to let more of that fire bubble out even as a fire sign Um, which I think is really powerful. Mm-hmm. And there's this energy of like, here I am, here's my expression, you're welcome. Yeah. <laughs> and if we can carry our expressions into the world with that level of confidence, if we can shine our light with that level of mm-hmm. confidence, um, I mean, this is even where the kind of like fake it till you make it, if that's not something that comes natural to you, comes in of just like, what would it be like to play with the energy of confidence? I think that can really help us uh, fuel fuel us through any moments of doubt or uncertainties. Like, play with this archetype. Totally. And, like, full force, you know? Be your full throttle self. What full does throttle. What does that look like? You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, find that edge. Yeah. Leos are very adventure-inspiring mm. um, with that boldness. All right, so Sag... Um, Sag to me is like a wildfire. Um, there's this element of adventure also with Sagittarius and this kind of like catch all, like Sag energy just goes and mm-hmm. widens and is blazing across whatever path it goes down. Mm-hmm. And that can simultaneously be very enlightening. And like, imagine if you're burning crops to refertilize and rework with the soil, that can be super beneficial. And if it's, you know, a forest fire, um, that may not be the most ideal. Mm-hmm. What it does do is it turns over energy and like alchemizes big, wide spaces. And I think Sag energy is really powerful from that capacity to just go and like open into the abyss of what their potential is and like light the way. Totally. The word horizon keeps ringing through for me. Even if it's encompassing this great big area, like that motion on the horizon and that consistent forward movement that is feels very fueled by curiosity and awe and uh, just appreciation of this this gift of life that is ours to explore totally yeah 
Okay, shall we move into what is it, Earth next? Yeah. Yeah, Taurus. Ugh. I'm a Taurus rising. I have. I, they say that your rising sign is like how other people tend to perceive you. Literally, everyone is like, "You're Mother Earth. <laughs> you're a you're you're such a hippie or stuff like that." And I, I don't totally identify with that as like my whole self, but it seems to be what people pick up on me. I could see that. Yeah, totally. That like Earth Mama vibes. Yeah. Um. Yeah, Taurus is kind of luxurious. Totally. <laughs> Not kind of. Oh my god, I love the Taurus energy. Uh, I I see Taurus as very much lush forest, whether that's like, you know, a personal favorite of rainforests or, you know, Pacific Northwest where it's just mm, yeah. happy, rained on, wet earth, overflowing on each other. Moisturized, thriving in my lane. <laughs> Absolutely. It just, it is adornment. Mm, and so, yeah. you know, when I'm thinking of the types of flowers that come up in the rainforest that only exist there because the earth is so wet with, you know, I mean, love. It's from like an rain. exquisiteness. Indeed. And in this beauty. Yeah. And an extravagance. Like, flowers are wild. Mm -hmm. How the colors and the shapes and the textures and the fragrances. Yeah. And to Super me, sensual. definitely. Taurus is very much this just indulgence of nature mm -hmm. um, that I really feel very inspired to, yeah, rain on my like self-care, on mm -hmm. my body, on my senses, on my flavors, and... Yeah, I, I see Taurus as just juicy wet earth. Mm -hmm. I think this can come up in the creative process as the muse mm. and tapping into the senses as a portal to to visions, to inspiration, and staying in that kind of dancing motion of like mm. these trees swaying and flowers blooming, like staying in that rhythm. Um, and it is more towards the beginning of the Zodiac's journey. So I think it fits into this category of inspiration and like drawing that inspiration from a depthful, juicy place. Indeed. Yeah. Virgo. I actually do not know that much about Virgo. And maybe the things I know are like unfair <laughs> perspectives. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I feel like people like to shit on Virgo and Scorpio and like Leo and Gemini a bit <laughs> I just think that's like limiting you know yeah. I mean we all got our own shadows to work <laughs> totally. on and at the same time we all have our own you know skill sets yeah. and one of my dearest friends is a Virgo and I trust him completely because of the clarity and the planning and the foresight and the precision um that he makes choices around mm -hmm. and to me virgo is very much um like a deciduous forest mm. it's not particularly overburdened with species or falling over itself with things growing although i will say like ferns and moss are a pretty deep vibe um <laughs> but there's this language underneath its root systems mm -hmm. I'm trying to think of the tree 
Um, Are you thinking of those ones that live forever? Uh, I mean, there's one that, like, one tree is a part of all the trees of the root system. Oh. And banyans? Maybe. No, those are a little bit too uh, wild for deciduous forests. Yeah. But, but even, like, what's coming to mind is, like, aspen trees. Mm-hmm. Like, there's an element of like beauty mm-hmm. and qu- a quiet indulgence mm-hmm. and they're never too close to each other there's not a whole lot of things otherwise intruding on their growth but they're very structured mm-hmm. um, and with Virgos there's an element of planning and clarity and this fine-tuned perfectionism that I think gives way to like really ancient forest mm-hmm. feelings. Yeah. Um, maybe not an insane amount of rain and maybe it goes through seasons, right? Whereas with Taurus, you've got, it's always raining, it's always happy. Virgo has to have a little bit more strategy yeah i think of like an apple tree too like this is a nice beautiful simple tree that feeds us <laughs> yeah i could see that yeah yeah i love virgo energy mm. um i mean i love all the energy right you have to be able to see how it plays out and how it, how you can really learn from yeah. each each lesson this one in my vedic chart is on my um i think it's called Rahu, whichever one's, it's kind of like the south node in Western astrology. So it's basically like the energy that is unfamiliar to me and is something mm. that I'm learning in this lifetime. Oh, interesting. Um, so I think that's why I'm like, I actually like can't Could get a really. pulse on Virgo all that much. Yeah. But it's something for me to like that uh, systems and organization and structure, but done in a nurturing way is something mm. that I am very curious about in this lifetime. Yeah, it's very you know. valuable. Then we come to Capricorn. the Great Mountain. <laughs> Mountain goat. <laughs> yeah, I mean, cat vibes are... Um, also, I have a dear friend. Actually, I have a lot of Capricorns in my life. Um, but there's this, like, endurance that comes with Capricorn. And, you know, I liken it to a mountain, in a sense, or a mountain range of this timelessness Mm -hmm. and what a Capricorn builds will stand the test of time and you are not going to change their mind or if you do it's going to be through like big shifts like tectonic vibes and I love that right (laughs) Um, which is valuable in the sense that they really think things through and once they are there they're there yeah Um, but getting them to move might be a little different Mm mm-hmm and they're also amazing energies to lean on mm-hmm. right i find them to be the most well i don't want to say the most but the level of commitment and dedication that comes with capricorn energy i do i i see them as like majestic mountains in life and that in of itself is know an incredible perception and influence to have yeah in the creative process I think of this energy 
partly in the beginning planning phases of things. Definitely. So at the start of any creative process is the time to just play in inspiration, play in vision. Um, don't begin to think about how are we going to make this work yet. Like get, tap in with the playfulness and the curiosity. But once that feels fully baked, then this energy can be really supportive of like, okay, and how are we structurally going to make this thing happen in the, in the 3D? Um, so Capricorn, like, oh, stop. No, I don't think it died. There we go. <laughs> Still going. Um, bringing in that planning in a really logical way that's going to make these things last and also just the element of legacy mm, what's indeed. my what's my legacy in this life because it's really cool i think especially as as creative people we have the opportunity to create things that will outlive us like my book could live on for generations someone in the year 3000 could read my book you know like that's that's pretty cool the things that we create really have legs or have roots or <laughs> are mountains whatever metaphor works there totally yeah air mm. gemini. gemini i'm a gemini moon <laughs> i'm sure i have some i feel like i have something gemini in my chart it's it's not super strong but i one of my best friends is a gem we're a little all over the place yeah you know and i love that because in some capacity, I learn the element of like letting it be and getting swirled in the energy, right? I think we spoke to Gemini being like tornado vibes mm -hmm. or just like a little like maybe dust storms of energy. There's a vortex Vort happening. Yeah, somewhere. a vortex would be a great example. A vortex of winds. Um, because there's two things happening with that right there's like the center of it where it's like not active mm. and then there's the swirling around, around. that's super active yeah. and i find with gemini's there's that fluidity between the center of it and then getting caught up in it right i'm in both places yeah <laughs> and you know, I've seen this characteristic of being super organized in some capacity and on top of it, and then two seconds later being completely disheveled. Or, you know, like that beautiful acceptance of all of it mm. and being able to like literally like blow with the wind, if you will. And, you know, I take notes from my Gemini friends in the sense that, you know, what control do we really have? Mm -hmm. You know, like we can be swept up quickly and sometimes it's beneficial to let our rules loose a little bit and get caught up in like where that takes us. Yeah. For me, another hallmark of this archetype is the curiosity and the intellectual yearnings that come with the Gemini energy uh, and I think in the creative process this is so great for like once you kind of have that seed of inspiration that's that lightning bolt that came um, and taking in all the sensual inspiration there uh, for me as a writer I go into a lot of research mode and sometimes that happens in a nonlinear way of just having 
really great conversations about obscure things um, or just picking up any book that interests me. But also whenever I'm writing like a, a bigger essay or, you know, I have a couple book projects, like I Google the most random shit because the just engaging in the creative process, there's just like things that you need to know. And I think that's one thing that's really awesome about the things that we do choose to embark on is that they invite us into learning new things. Mm, indeed. Yeah. Who next? Libra? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Libra's another one that I I feel like I only know surface level things about. What's the uh, element there for you? Uh, I love Libra. Uh, my dad's a Libra. I have a lot of um, people in my life that are Libra had a lot of Libra best friends for yeah sure. and as an Aries Libra and Aries are you know like exact opposites so they really balance each other out in a lot of ways um, and with Libra I feel like Libra is very much that cool summer breeze after a hot day kind of feel mm-hmm. it brings in this air of I don't want to, I mean, clarity is one thing, but reprieve or balance, yeah. um, it just has this evening out energy. So it's, it's not this like huge gust necessarily. It's actually this element of bringing in movement from something that may have either been stifling or stale mm-hmm. or needing a recalibration. Libra is very intellectual, very clear-headed, weighing on the odds, um, and and seeking that level of understanding and clarity. And yeah, I just keep envisioning, you know, granted, a cool summer breeze this summer in Texas was like, you know, still at 100 degrees. But <laughs> there is this, even just like a... a powerful exhale of just like a release of pressure Mm, i love that i i see some little flowers floating in this breeze because Mm. a lot of the uh libra energy i've experienced is um just joyful appreciation of life um like i'm just thinking of a few specific libras who like we could be sharing a meal together and they're like, oh my God, look at this salt shaker. This is amazing, <laughs> right? And like, this is just bringing that joy into things and appreciation and kind of um, that breeze just tickling a lot of beautiful things. Um, so I think like having the Libra in your pocket throughout whatever it is you're bringing to life, um, for me as the optimist of mm. sorts, um, and also a, a force that can just kind of look at things from all different angles and then choose from there like what perspective do you want to have on things yeah i love that yeah and then uh oh my gosh aquarius Aquarius. got a couple aquarians right here yeah my rising (laughs) my sun oh the vibe uh we might be a little alien (laughs) yeah you know i liken it to the kind of like the keeper of time you know, they're very humanitarian. Um, you know, I see this as like almost like a cumulonimbus cloud, mm-hmm. even though that's technically precipitation and not solely air. 
but there's this like wistfulness with it or maybe a stratus cloud maybe all the clouds i don't know my clouds well enough (laughs) uh stratus clouds are those that look kind of like feathers oh yeah and so it's this element of almost being see-through in a sense and also there's dimension Mm -hmm. and uh, cumulonimbus are those nice juicy puffy clouds that you love flying through on an airplane and you're like whoa this is a whole heaven up here yeah uh and to me that perspective of oversight with Aquarius right. of being like the watch over and observing humanity and bringing in kind of this zoomed out timeless expression of thought and possibility mm-hmm. and yet forever changing mm-hmm. right you'll never see the same cloud again they're always moving They'll come in with a storm and then they'll leave. And I feel like Aquarius is that reminder of, you know, there's always change and yet we can all experience it and all in different ways. Yeah, I love all of that. And something else in here is in the metaphor of clouds I'm thinking about how little kids will look up at a cloud and be like I see a dinosaur Mm -hmm. I see a seal with a cowboy hat on and like there's kind of a silly gooseness (laughs) to the Aquarians and like an eccentricness and eclecticness Mm -hmm. and and that kind of um subjectivity um of the self and this is such a helpful archetype for being in your visionary yes being um not only a big picture thinker but also a humanitarian in the sense of how can what i choose to create with my life and my energy how can that be um, a vote in the positive direction for how humanity will progress for how our great great grandchildren will experience life here on earth like i just love the eclectic utopian within that archetype well said yeah uh, moving on to our final sign, our element is the water, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, and Cancer kicks us off there. So Cancer is usually the uh, the what is it? A crab or a clam? Mm-hmm. Crab. A crab in a shell. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah, which I liken Cancer to very oceanic vibes. Um, my mom's a Cancer, and she it, like the vastness of her love for us. And she really is such a powerhouse for for love in the family and also this like you know willingness to um, really no matter what protect mm-hmm. and I see that in the ocean in a way of you know she's beautiful to look at but like she'll, she'll fuck you up yeah she'll <laughs> rock you and, um, you know, I think cancer has this devotion quality and also in some way like this protective savage quality. And I've been swept up in a wave where, wow, that came on so suddenly. And I think it also speaks to the way in which those emotions can happen, right? Those waves mm. of emotions can come on 
all of a sudden super strong and carry us so far down. Then we think it'll destroy us. <laughs> and yet it's part of us. Yeah. And what teach it, what cancer teaches us is that like, you know, how to really navigate those waves and how to not fight them all the time or mm -hmm. learn to surf them. You know, we can be in relationship to those waves mm -hmm. instead of only ever being swept up by them. Mm -hmm. And, you know, my mom has been a great teacher and a great relationship for me to learn a different way to communicate around emotions because, you know, as a lightning bolt, I'm just like, let's go. <laughs> and as an ocean, she's like all these other feelings swim around. And so a great inspiration from cancer is how to ride the waves of emotions, not get swept up in the undertow, and also acknowledge that those are always flowing and moving mm -hmm. and to really respect the waves of emotions um, because they are a powerhouse. Yeah. Yeah, and another edge of cancer that I really have experienced is they just care so deeply mm -hmm. and so fiercely. Um, and so in relation to how this archetype can be supportive in the creative process is like it's a little bit more towards the beginning of the zodiac and like what's that soft tender heart at the core of what you're feeling inspired to bring to life because sometimes we might get a vision of like ooh, i want to design a top hat with like dad like <laughs> little things hanging down from it like you might just get the vision and you might not be connected yet to the heart of it the why of it and so really staying close to that and also exploring how do I protect and honor and hold that soft, tender heart of it um, in, in, a, in a helpful way. Yeah, and as you're saying that to wrap up cancer, you know, that depth and that heart, I mean, again, the ocean, we haven't even explored her fullest depths. Yeah. <laughs> Think of a love like that, you know, like the limit does not exist. And so to lean in more to mm -hmm. loving deeper. I was thinking of that today when we were on a hike that we'll be doing during our retreat. It's at this spot called Puntos Lobos or is it Puntas? Punto Lobo. Punto Lobo. Um, and that the lookout point ends at this expansive view of the ocean and we were just sitting there and breathing for a moment and I first let my mind imagine like as far as you could go across the ocean like it just feels so infinite but then I remembered beneath the ocean surface it goes just as far and like way more deep and so just yeah we we can't really fathom that yeah, yeah. so maybe there's an energy of awe in there too mm-hmm yeah uh, then we float over to Scorpio. 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 <laughs> oh my gosh. The scorpion. Yeah, so I really envision Scorpio's like an underwater cavern or like a cenote or mm -hmm. this deep well of water that is absorbing like the stories of the earth and wow. yet at the same time has this like, secret juicy pot of water that's got its own sport story going on. 
can y'all tell Megan's a poet? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I also, my brother is a Scorpio and I, I've witnessed the, you know, hidden gems that he will kind of pull out of his heart. And I'm like, wow, that was really deep. Mm-hmm. Where did that come from? Mm-hmm. You know, and I have a few friends that with Scorpio, yeah, those those emotions and those feelings are incredibly deep. Mm-hmm. And yet, unlike, I think, Cancer that's so open with her waves and splashing, Scorpios are a lot more internal. Mm. You have to kind of like know that that depth is there and uh, be willing to explore it because they'll actually take you down in there mm-hmm. and be like, oh, you want to swim the depths? Let's go. Let's see how long you can hold your breath. <laughs> how um, wide are your lungs to take this all in? And I really enjoy the mystery of a good Scorpio vibe. Mm-hmm. Scorpios see everything. Mm-hmm. They see absolutely everything. And I appreciate that little bit of a predator that's mm-hmm. in the Scorpio. Like that's a that. that's a part of us um, that isn't always put on the pedestal in the spiritual conversations, but like yeah i just i appreciate that and i think being in touch with that like i I will i will sting you (laughs) if i if i feel like i need to like that kind of energy can be helpful as we go through these um things in our own creative journeys that sometimes feel like a battle yeah um and just being comfortable in the dark in the depths you know yeah like that underwater cavern the you ha- there's a different sense of navigating when you're um, in the energy of of predator or of danger even mm-hmm. and learning how to embrace that as part of you mm-hmm. instead of letting it be something that you hide from mm-hmm. is I think a secret weapon of of Scorpio yeah and. On to Pisces. the Pisces fishies. Pisces. <laughs> um. These are two fishes, and I think it's traditionally expressed as one fish swimming up and one fish swimming down, which has been mythologized as the Pisces choice. So you'll find Pisces who are um, monks who meditate in caves in the Himalayas all day, and you'll find other Pisces who are um, heroin addicts, like out on a stick. Yeah. And those are extreme extremes, but um, uh, the Pisces, the the Pisces fish feels a lot Mm. and um, is asked to to choose from there. Yeah, I I have some deep soul sisters that are Pisces and, you know, watching them relate to their emotions. One of the conversations I have often is the way we balance I focus on, okay, what is this emotion? What's underneath this emotion? Mm. Like, let's not necessarily always think on the emotion, but let's get behind the core of the emotion. And that helps kind of soothe a little bit of that big flow. And on the other end, I can sometimes be so, um, you know, 
let's look at the emotion versus feeling the emotion Mm -hmm. and there's power in both and with Pisces energy it's like to feel the emotion and let it flow is your directional guide to where you need to go Mm -hmm. and learning how to channel that flow is the superpower which is why I liken the, the river like a wide mouth river mm-hmm. where it's winding and there's two things going I mean there's a lot but there's two things especially going on which I guess liken to the two fish there's the banks of the river and the land that's guiding it right and then there's also the rhythm of water within the river so there's relating in different ways of learning how to feel held in the emotion which is really important for Pisces it's important for all of us particularly for Pisces and learning how to navigate your flow and to really purify that flow so that you know that not only are you flowing with the emotion but you're also channeling that where you want to go mm-hmm. so that you can arrive um, instead of just kind of splaying out like a puddle of rain. Yeah. I think one thing that we do so majorly as artists is we transmit emotional experiences. And pretty much any song you listen to, there's an emotional undertone. And that song invites you into a certain emotional state, whether it is joy or sorrow or comfort or sensuality or excitement etc and when you look at a painting when you read a book like so much of the art that we engage in is um emotional experiences that the author uh, or the creator the producer etc of that work has um shaped and channeled and and packaged up in a transferable way and I think that this is one of Pisces' great capacities. But like you said, it takes that, like, knowing how to hold that. Yes. Um, in it as well. But then, you know, for for those of us who maybe don't feel as innately emotional beings, um, the, the Pisces archetype is an invitation to just feel that well within Mm -hmm. tap in like there is there's water deep at at the bottom of all of us (laughs) there's that water of emotion and it's just an invitation to unwrap that a little bit and maybe that looks like listening to some songs that evoke certain emotions in you or just you know going into those depths and exploring it yeah absolutely and something that came up while you were speaking was you know, invitation for all of us to learn one, how to, what do our emotions need to feel held, right? It's not just like a rain dropping down in this open-ended field. There's a shoreline, there's earth holding it, there's riverbanks, there's like, how do we hold our emotions so that we can like feel everything that we need to um, and allow that fluidity in our lives to take us in places that otherwise we may not be able to go, you know? Um, yeah, and each, each one has, right, its own 
value and its own way of expression and we can learn from each of it mm-hmm. and so you know next time you're by the ocean hmm. how can you deepen that love how can you respect that devotion and that power you know next time you see a lightning bolt how mm-hmm. can you utilize that as waking up inspiration in your life for action and boldness you know yeah when you see a mountain that majestic groundedness how can you reflect on what in your life are you building and growing that can withstand the test of time Mm -hmm. and you know really embody the fullest excitement of all these different elements of being human and being on this planet yeah yeah i invite you to just see all of the different I feel like we covered all the edges of the human psyche. There's many more, but like we we really reached a lot in this conversation and just see this is like a sample platter and you can try on what you wish. And the elements are such a great doorway to that, like Megan was saying, of just connecting with those natural experiences. And one thing that we're really excited to get into with this retreat is just building that muscle for fluidity between identities where shifting from one way of being and thinking and doing and one way of perceiving yourself to another um, doesn't necessarily have to be this begrudging task or this thing that feels impossible. Uh, Because I think that we are like nature, like all of these examples we've given, like we are growing in our own ecosystems and things are changing constantly. And having that uh, malleability around how we perceive who we are and what we're capable of is such an amazing tool. Very well put. Yeah. Yeah, I'm even staring at this succulent over here. Um, I'm witnessing, you know, we didn't talk about the desert too much, but speaking to how can we kind of touch and try on all these different things you know, sometimes we have seasons or eras in our lives that are drier than others or wetter than others and pulling on inspiration for the things that need to fill up our cup or recognizing, you know, I might be in a dry season and how can I learn from the earth of even the indulgence and beauty of growth from nothing, Mm. you know? Yeah. I've had times of being in a dry season and thinking that I just need to like water myself and trying to force myself out of that. But like you overwater a succulent. Totally. (laughs) They're like, they don't. So just like there's this mix between choosing and allowing, but a lot of it is like responding to the rhythm. So being in tune with that and choosing from an empowered place from there. Totally. Yeah. Um, So we are super excited to just dig into all of this on our retreat and we're talking about it on such a philosophical level here but what's going to be really fun is just the people who do end up joining us and exploring your journeys and what what archetypes are blooming forth within you what elements are wanting to dance in your own ecosystem and I just love being around people who are inspired to 
create something whether it be a project or an aspect of themselves like um, I'm just really excited to see what kind of material is brought to the table through um, those of you who feel called to join us yeah and the tools that we get to teach you as far as how to navigate embody and play between these different elements and parts of selves and and really integrate the things that you need to feel the most full of yourself. Mm -hmm. We're going to be doing a mix of working with the body through yoga every day. We've got a hike in, some time at the beach. And also, you know, if the, if the body's more like the earth element, like we have the fire with literally burning some letters in the fire, drinking some cacao, and a bit of that, like, lightning bolt of inspiration and the um the gathering around the fire of of wisdom and we have all kinds of immersive creative workshops as well that just allow like a blank canvas and open space for what has been percolating within you to have a space to land on um so we're super excited to, to put this all together. Lots of yummy food as well. Megan and I have been sampling mm -hmm. the restaurants that are oh on the menu. And um, not five only, stars. Yeah, five, five stars, stars, six stars. Yeah. Um, great food, but also amazing views as well. Yeah, and, and just, wonderful people. Um, yeah, really sweet people. I felt really, really taken care of by the community and, and by all the spaces that we've been in. It's a very sweet, gentle, inspiring energy. Yeah, especially just the general ecosystem of Todos Santos is it just feels very expansive. There's lots of open space, but there's still an element of lushness, even if we're being in the desert. Mm -hmm. And then with the ocean just right here as as our horizon line, even from the house, like we have an ocean view. Um, it's it's definitely ripe for cultivating an energy of spaciousness and possibilities and all kinds of magic so you can find all the details again at retreat.amyinfullcolor.com that's going to be in the show notes and please feel free to drop me a message through my website uh, book a call through one of the links on that webpage. and we're here for for any questions that you have we would love to have you and looking forward to Mm -hmm. Fire it up. <laughs>